Чорне море, чорне море. From Edmonton, that was Millennia with a song from their most recent CD, Budmohe, hey, released just last year. And that song was called Chorinamora, which translates as Black Sea. Dobry den, Shinovni Radio Suchachita Vitayovas Vsich, na Radio Peridachu Nash Holos, Radio Krinskoho Korinya. Yekapodiatyevam Nachveli CHLY Stodeni CMFM, Umisti Nanaimo. Primikrofoni, Tihodenu Yepalina, Anastupnu Hodenu Buddhisvame Oksana. Yaku Yushurishale Parabutisname, Nestupnech Dochoden.
Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm Paulette demchuk Macquarie, Pukadinska Pavlina, and I'll be your host for this first hour. Oksana will be here at 12 noon to host the show in Ukrainian. I'm delighted to have you with us. We've got a great program lined up for you in this hour. We've got a couple of interviews, one local, one not so local. Uh, we've got Leanne Pokolok from the Visna Ukrainian Dancers, who will be telling us all about their upcoming beer and burger fundraiser and a little bit about the dance group that you may or may not know. As well, uh, we've got an interview courtesy Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa and an interview with Senator Raynel Andrechuk, who recently retired from the Canadian Senate. As well, we've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest and great Ukrainian music. Ліворуч 
Хоче битва, а справа бій, чигає смерть у далі голубі. Ми йдемо, одна сім'я, сто бійців, і з ним я. На сто бійців один наказ День за днем, хто знає де Був наказ і сотня йде Крізь вогонь і куль політ Крізь вугілля і крізь граніт Ми йдемо Одна сім'я, сто бійців, і з ним я, ні день за днем, зараз раз, на сто бійців, один наказ, зробиш і наробиш, з роздоріж, до роздоріж, і так далеко. Вчора був, сьогодні є, а завтра хто зна, що буде там, за батьківщину життя віддам. Завтра я, а потім ти, хто знає. Last Thursday, January 16th, Ukrainians solemnly recalled the 5th year anniversary of the Battle of Donetsk Airport. It eventually fell to the Russian army's attacks with military-grade weapons, but for 242 days, an under-equipped Ukrainian army aided by courageous volunteers held them off, and for their bravery, fortitude, and acuity, they earned the label Cyborgs. 
In 2015, with the help of Ukraine war amps, I had the privilege to visit one of them, a triple amputee, who, with the help of Ukraine war amps, is now leading a productive life. You can see that video on the Nash Holos YouTube channel. The song you just heard was Stobiutsiu, 100 Fighters, and that is in memory of the Heavenly Hundred. We started out the set with Poporedu Donetsk, on to Donetsk. The airport is ours, the cyborg's anthem while defending that airport. A beautiful new billion-dollar structure, now a pile of rubble thanks to the Kremlin. That song reminded me of an interview with international war correspondent Sergei Loiko from 2016. Sergei spent four days with volunteers during the battle for the Donetsk airport. He wrote about his experiences in a book called Aeroport in Russian and Ukrainian, sadly not in English. He came to Canada in 2016 with a presentation, that one in English, I think, about his experiences based on his book, and that took place in Toronto. And I had the privilege of speaking with him by phone the next day. If you'd like to hear that interview again, there's a link on the Nasholos website. On Thursday, on his Facebook page, Sergei posted a collage of photos from his time with the soldiers and volunteers at the Donetsk airport. I shared that post on our Facebook page. The photos were set to a song performed by Alexei Gorbunov, a contemporary arrangement of a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Oichei Tokin Stoyit, Whose Horse Stands There. Ой, чи то кінь стоїть, що сива грингонька сподобалась мені, сподобалась мені. Та я дівчина. Сподобалася мені Ой, сподобалася мені Та я Ру 
щастя б я була. Ой, краще б я була. Краще б я була Ой, краще б я була Сподобалась мені, та я дівчина, манька. Сподобалась мені, та я дівчина, манька. 
подобалась мені, сподобалась мені. Слухайте радіопрограму «Наш голос» радіо Кринського коріння на радіостанції CHLY 101.7FM у місті Нанаймо. Говорить Павіна. You're listening to «Наш голос» Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Павіна. The Vesna Ukrainian dancers of Nanaimo are the resident dance troupe of the Ukrainian-Canadian Cultural Society of Nanaimo, which is one of the sponsors of our show. And uh, they're doing what a lot of non-profit organizations have to do, <laughs> including us here at uh, CHLY, and that is do fundraising from time to time. So coming up this weekend is a fundraiser for the dance group, the Vesna Ukrainian dancers, and on the line to tell us all about it and to invite you to come out is one of the dance instructors for Visna, who is no stranger to our show, Leanne Pochalik. Thanks for joining us, Leanne. Thanks for having me on the show again. So you've got a fundraiser coming up this weekend, and it's um, not a traditional thing, but it's a fun thing that works for a lot of people. So it's a beer and burger, right? Or burger and beer? Beer and burger, yeah, for sure. Beer and burger fundraiser. We haven't had one in a few years, so we figured we'd try it out again and see how this one goes. So, so uh, yeah. Typical. Make money, of course. Yeah. That's a whole idea. Well, yeah, well, I mean, every group needs needs it for some reason or another. And uh, yours is coming up uh, this weekend. When? Yes, on Sunday, um, the 26th of January. Um, it's going to be at the uh, Landlubber Pub, which is on Bowen Road, uh, 2220 Bowen Road. Um, and it's going to be between 4 and 7 p.m. Okay. Yeah, that's just right in the corner of Northfield and Bowen, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you, you mentioned you've had a beer and burger before in the past, and um, it worked out well, so you're going to try it again. So it's kind of in the middle of things. You've had a Christmas bazaar in December, and the Easter bazaar is coming up, so those are the two main ones. Tell us um, about this one. What uh, Are you planning to uh, fundraise for a specific purpose? Or well, just- this one always, yeah, it's a little of everything. Um some of it will probably go towards our um, going to the BC Dance Festival in May, like we, we are doing this this year again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you always have to update your costumes, and we always have rental and for all our costumes at stores and stuff like that. So it's just, just an overall fundraiser to pay expenses more than anything, mm-hmm. uh, but it goes straight towards the group. Right. So um, tell us again about the uh, dance competitions, because it's a pretty exciting thing. It's it's recent that uh, you've been going to this competition. Yeah, the last, uh, I think it's three or four years we've been going now. So, um, And it's the BC's um, Ukrainian Dance Festival, and it's held in, in Mission the weekend of, I believe it's May 2nd, is that first weekend of May. On the Saturday only, and it's, I think it starts about eight o'clock in the morning. It goes till six or seven, depends how many entries they have, kind yeah. of thing, and it's a one day affair. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. I've actually been in the past when I was living over on the mainland, and it's their 20th anniversary this year. Yeah, so yeah. we definitely want to go this year for sure. It's, it's going to be fantastic. And of course, you know, 
you don't know who the adjudicator is till you get there. They keep that secret, so it's, it's that's a good thing as well. And right. and uh, most everyone from the lower mainland and the island compete. And I think there's a group from Washington that comes up from Seattle and and whoever else may want to come. It's open to anyone. It's called the BC Dance Festival, the Ukrainian Dance Festival. Right. And so, why is it important for dance an amateur dance group to be in a competition like this? Well, I think it's good for the kids, I think, to see other groups dance, and it's, it's experience. It's, it's more the experience and the joy of the dance, and just competing against yourself. It's not a first, second, third thing. It's a percentage that they have at this festival, so you dance your best, you get your percentage, and you get your bronze, silver, gold, or whatever your, your designation is. Um, but the kids have fun. You know, they bond a little bit more, of course, like a family kind of thing, and it's a, it's a fun weekend for the kids. They just love it. I know that they just can't yeah. wait. They, it's, you know, it's a big weekend. It's a weekend to get away because it's like a big trip. Right, yeah. <laughs> for most of the kids. So well, they yeah. just have a great... And then, they, you know, they put on their costumes and they dance. And yeah. they, it's just uh, it's all... It's a big family affair. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned costumes uh, need to be upgraded. You've got some great costumes, but things change over the years, don't they? Styles change well, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Between, you know, the change in the costumes and then, you know, the kids get taller. They get, you know, we got to adjust kind of things. And sometimes um, we just don't have costumes that fit. So we have to come yeah. up with something different and yeah. make sure everyone has the same looking items that they wear on stage and at any performance, not just the competition, but anywhere we go. Right, right. And of course, always making adjustments to the costumes does uh, does put a bit of wear and tear on them. So you have to replace them a little more often than if you didn't have different people wearing them every year. <laughs> so. For sure, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So it's a, it's a beer and burger, and um, it's at the Landlubber Pub, and everyone is welcome to come out there, enjoy a beer and burger, and you're going to have other little things there to hopefully add to the kitty. Yeah, um, the tickets are $20 per person. Um, and we do have a silent auction item. We have uh, over $1,000 worth of silent auction items to be bid upon. Mm-hmm. And then we're also having a 50-50 draw as well. Oh, awesome. Okay, so yeah. so from 4 to 7, you can get a good right. meal. You can have a look at some interesting things to bid on. And for $20, bucks, it's um, it's a not expensive, and it will help out the dance group. And it is nice to have an activity for young kids to get together, to get some exercise, to have some fun, and um, always learn something because you're learning how to dance. You're learning different steps, and I think it's uh, beneficial for for kids, and it's good for parents, too, to know that their kids are staying out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And the kids love to dance, right? So that's, that's the biggest thing, as long as they love to dance. That's what it counts. Yeah, and if the dance group is viable, then it's there for the kids every year after year. And Absolutely. You, and you've been doing this for thirty years, so let's uh, keep this um, a, a tradition. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> well, not, me. not you, not you personally, <laughs> but it's become an institution in Nanaimo. So let's keep it that way, and hopefully our listeners will be interested and um, will come out and support it and have a beer have a burger or two, <laughs> and uh, support the Visna Ukrainian dancers at their beer and burger. And that's taking place again this weekend on Sunday. Right, from 4 to 7 at the Landlubber Pub. On January 26th. Okay, super. Well, good luck, Leanne, and uh, look forward to seeing the kids on the stage again soon. 
great. Thanks for having me on the show. Okay, thanks. Leanne Pachalik, one of the instructors of the Visna Ukrainian dancers of Nanaimo and their fundraiser, Beer and Burger, will be taking place once again this Sunday, January the 26th at the Landlubber Pub on Bowen Road and Northfield. Tickets are just $20. You can get them at the door or you can email visnadancers at gmail.com or give Leanne a call evenings or on the weekend at 250-619-1616. Again, they are available at the door from 4 to 7. If you can't make it to the Beer and Burger but you'd like to support them, contact Leanne at visnadancers at gmail.com. That's V-E-S-N-A, dancers at gmail.com. Give her a call at 250-619-1616. Once again, that is the Visna Ukrainian Dancers Beer and Burger Fundraiser this Sunday, January 26th at the Landlubber Pub on Bowen Road and Northfield. And tickets are $20 at the door. song by a girl group from Ukraine called Rozhenetsya. The song is called Raspberry Cranberry and it is actually in the repertoire of the Visna Ukrainian dancers and I was fortunate to see the dance troupe perform to that song. The kids were so cute and um, you might be lucky to see it again if they if they uh, repeat it in the future. But meanwhile to keep them on the stage, make sure to um, support them with a ticket for their beer and burger coming up this Sunday January 26th at the Landlubber Pub from 4 to 7 or help them out with a donation at visnadancers at gmail.com. And again, you're listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Vi slukajte radioprogramu Naš holos radio Krinskoho Korinja na kvali CHLY 101.7 FM u misti Nanaimo.
Up next is an interview with retired, recently retired Canadian Senator Raynell Andrechuk, and it was conducted by Irena Bell, the producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour radio program in Ottawa. I have the pleasure of speaking with the former Senator Raynell Andrechuk, who retired from the Senate last August. Welcome on the Ottawa Ukrainian radio program. Thank you for having me. Uh, Honorable Rainel Andrechuk, you have had a stellar career in the Senate, and your work has been so admired and respected over your 26 years in the Senate. And we'd like to hear about this. But first, would you tell our listeners what you did before you were appointed to the Senate? What was your career then? Oh, my goodness. I had so many careers. I was very fortunate. I started by practicing law in Saskatchewan. Then I set up the first family court at the provincial level in Regina, Saskatchewan. And I did that for uh, nearly 12 years. Um, And I was Chancellor of the University of Regina during that time. And then I uh, was given the honor of becoming an ambassador, High Commissioner to Kenya, uh, Uganda, Ambassadors Somalia and Ile de Comore, concurrently with the United Nations Environment Program, Human Rights Commission, and the Habitat, the housing UN organization. So those were many careers in mm-hmm. one go. And then it was the Senate. Mm-hmm. And uh, then as Senator, what areas were your focus? Well, when I went into the Senate, I wasn't sure. I thought I knew a little bit about the Senate, but I wasn't sure what place I would have. But I very quickly realized that policy is what interests me, not so much the politics. I used the politics to determine where I would go and how to get there. So if you understand that there is a government, an opposition, and there are varying points of view, especially in the Senate, because you have more independence there. And uh, so I decided that I would focus on policy and really learn the rules of the Senate and uh, see if I can make a difference. And so Obviously, I was, uh, I gravitated to legal and constitutional because I had been a lawyer, practicing lawyer, uh, etc., and there was a lot of legal uh, acts that come through. So I, I did that. But throughout, human rights was one of the uh, issues that concerned me very much, and foreign policy. So I was on the Foreign Affairs Committee and International Trade, and I was fortunate enough to have sufficient take-up by other senators to create the first standalone human rights committee in the Senate, which is still operating. And so those were my focuses. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it didn't take the Ukrainian community long to know that I had been active in the Ukrainian community, uh, in the organized part of the Ukrainian community. And so when I came back to Canada having served in Portugal uh, just before my uh, appointment, um, they soon found me, and I found myself back in um, with quite uh, an array of problems and issues. And the most notable at that time, of course, was the Holodomor. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and more recently the Magnitsky bill. And your parents uh, knew the Holodomor firsthand, didn't they? Well, they knew it like so many Ukrainians. They knew about hunger. They knew about hardship. I don't think they knew about the policies of the Soviet Union, and I think that was true of all of them. Mm -hmm. My father came to Canada with my grandparents in 1928, and they knew that the communist regime was moving in on them. And so they left. Uh, my mother came in 1939, and there it was the threat of Hitler at that time. But uh, my mother lived through, I think, some of the most fierce times of the Stalinist time. Her land now is under Belarus. Uh, before it was Poland when she was there, and she's of Ukrainian roots, so we had a little foot in all of the cultures there. Mm-hmm. And Saskatchewan was also an interest. <laughs> ah, well, Saskatchewan uh, to me is is my heart. Uh, it's um, it's so many Ukrainians settled there, and there are parts of. Saskatchewan I go to, that I can close my eyes and see the replica in Ukraine. I always say, if you've been to Poltava, you might as well go to Melfort, Saskatchewan. The terrain, the uh, the ground uh, is very similar. Um, for example, working with clay, with the land, is very prominent in Saskatchewan, very prominent in Ukraine. And so, um, yes, I think uh, the Ukrainian community was very strong there. And uh, uh, it was uh, very nurturing in that sense. Very difficult because they demanded a lot of you, (laughs) uh, which is good. It's a challenge and um, a harbor in the sense that they uh, took very pride in moving uh, Ukrainian Canadians forward. But Saskatchewan totally... um, is a place where there have been many hardships also. And the idea of uh, living by the next crop uh, is something that you learn in Ukraine, but you learn it in Saskatchewan too. So there's similarities, but differences, of course, the administrations. Yeah. And you led election observer missions to Ukraine. Yes, I did. Uh, I'm not sure how I was chosen at the start, uh, But uh, I had done election observing in Africa and other places. And so the concept of a free and fair election and and the neutrality that you have to have as an election observer was very important to me. Um, I spent much time with uh, election observers saying, if you have an opinion... Leave it behind, because what you have to do, if you believe in the rule of law, is look at what election missions are supposed to do, and you ensure that you do that, because then your opinion about whether it's free and fair has weight. If you actually follow the UN rules, the OECD rules, the OSCE rules, then you, uh, I think, do a service to the people of the country uh, that you are observing. And, of course, you understand that it is not your country and that the people's will should come through. And I, I was very fortunate because I met so many Canadians who observed through the missions that I chaired 
who were very committed to democracy, rule of law, and ensuring that the will of the people uh, came through in the election. So I was very proud of um, leading the missions and the people who served on those missions. And they do pop up now everywhere, and they say, you probably don't remember me, but I was on such and such a mission. And uh, yeah. so it's. Um, I hope it helped Ukraine in yeah. its march forward. For sure. Yeah. And uh, you had mentioned uh, very quickly you sponsored several bills in the Senate, those of importance to the Ukrainian community, the Holodomor on this genocide and the Magnitsky. Yeah. Yes. Interestingly, Holodomor was just being uh, discussed, I think, in academic circles and not so much in political circles, although it was just starting. So to the credit of the Ukrainian community, many approached me, both academics, uh, UCC and, and others, about Holodomor. And I, as I said at the start of the interview, I looked at that's a policy issue. Do we want to support a concept of Holodomor as a genocide? Because I was involved in foreign policy, I want to be sure that whatever I did passed the foreign policy test as well as my human rights concept of Holodomor. And I was able to do that, and we, the way I thought that it would be the best in education and policy would be, first of all, to get people to understand what it was. And therefore, we passed a motion. Now, I worked on that very, very hard, and we got a unanimous approval. Now, there's a lot to that story, how mm-hmm. we got to that point. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a book that needs mm-hmm. to be written. But uh, we did that. Then I looked, and I thought, the elected officials in the House should actually start the bill. There was some take-up, but not sufficient. It took some time before a bill was introduced in the House. And, of course, I sponsored it then in the Senate. And I, and along the way, of course, the education, the, some provinces came on board, and I was proud that Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and, and um, it would appear BC is on board, Ontario, and we're working on those issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's very important. Uh, so that was uh, a milestone that I hope I've contributed. But also, the interesting thing is, being the senator and having this foreign policy and human rights was the timely mixture uh, that I was able to talk to foreign affairs and say, no, 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 it's not a Ukrainian issue, it's a human rights issue, and it is more than Ukraine, although Ukraine was center. And I recognize that the Kazakh community, Uzbek community, Russian community had some of the same attacks, although so much of it was centered in Ukraine. And I've recently been in touch where... um, Others are starting to look into their history. So Ukraine, Ukrainians in Canada have led, but others are beginning to understand what those policies meant in a human rights way and in a, a, a political aspect of using food as a tool mm-hmm. for uh, their own ends in, in political ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Magnitsky Law as well. Ah, well, the Magnitsky Law started, and it's a long story, by others over in the House of Commons. And uh, it 
it resonated for a while, but it never came to fruition over there. I was then asked, would I consider perhaps trying it in the Senate? I looked at the bill and I said, I very much believe in human rights, and it means for everyone there, not just one particular incident. So I said, if we're going to talk about sanctions against perpetrators, that it has to be uh, a concept that is in line with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, that all people should have the same dignity and rights. That's what we aspire to. So I said uh, that the bill that was started was really pointed at Russia. And I said, while there may be some merit in that, I don't feel comfortable doing it that way. It, I thought it was timely that we have a bill that would uh, look at perpetrators in any country and see if they meet the test. That's the only way we can be fair. The other thing I was concerned about when I started to dig into this, that Canada talks about international standards and points them out and wants the UN to follow them, they want other people. But the gap was in Canada that we were allowing perpetrators to come into our country, avail themselves of our schools, buy our properties, put their money here. So isn't that aiding and abetting the perpetrators who have done serious human rights harms in their own countries? So I thought it was the gap that we needed to fill in our our national law. We have sanctions state to state, and the United Nations has sanctions. But this is a, a different kind of sanctions. It's a sanction that we say you, as an individual, we're going to hold you responsible without violating international law. We're going to say we are going to meet in our test universal standards, but the consequences of that sanction is that you won't be coming into our country. We'll freeze your assets. It should be a preventative thing, but it also says that we're not going to avail ourselves of the profits at the expense of human rights violations in another country. It's a very technical, but a very necessary uh, law. And I was pleased. Again, it took some time, some persuasion, some education, uh, some alliances. And I was very, very proud to have worked at it, that it was unanimous in the Senate, and it was unanimous in the House of Commons. Because again, as I, I think these are universal standards. It's not what I do. It's not what a group does. It's how you can manage a sufficient organization or an institution like Parliament to support what I believe are the very fundamental human rights that Canadians believe in. Yes. And you were chair of some Canada-Ukraine projects. Yes, I was um, Lawrence Decor from um, Edmonton, um, Ukrainian-Canadian. He was mayor, many things. Started right, in the, right after independence in Ukraine uh, to look for a legislative project because we knew uh, the transition would not be easy from the old system to the new. Independence... I I always say this in all my speeches when I go overseas, is now you have independence, now the hard work starts. Uh, Democracy is not easy. It puts a lot of responsibility on people, 
and institutions, as well as leaders. And so the legislative project uh, that uh, Lawrence envisioned and and, uh, brought a lot of us along was uh, to see if we could uh, work with parliamentarians in Ukraine to get them to see how they could adapt uh, democratic principles in parliament to a Ukrainian situation. And so we looked at committees, we looked at many concepts, and um, again, it was it's very complex in our structures, what we did. And unfortunately, um, uh, Mr. Decor passed away. He was ill. But before he, he was ill, uh, and he knew he was chronically ill, he approached me to take on the project. Um, and uh, I could not say no to mm-hmm. him. And so I then chaired it for the years that it was in place. And I think we touched a lot of people, many of them that I see as leaders, many of them that I see as human rights activists, many of them I had seen in constitutional issues. And I was fortunate that I already had some links there. So uh, I think we did our bit there to get parliamentarians and academics and civil society to understand, understand that um, institutions are as important a double check as having political parties uh, is. So there are all kinds of concepts of democracy that we were able to put forward. So it was very, very, uh, very enlightening, and it helped me uh, that I came to the Ukrainian community in Canada to help them address what it's like to deal now with an independent country because so many of us had fought for independence and it was sort of our uh, movement towards Ukraine. And here we all had to learn how to work through our government and our foreign policy to achieve some of those objectives. So uh, it gave me a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, you have uh, been awarded many medals and awards over the years for your wonderful work in the Senate. And it was probably also an honor that you were one of 13 Canadians that Putin banned from traveling to Russia in 2014. But you had many medals and awards. (laughs) Well, being banned from Russia was a sad moment for me. Um, I didn't look at it as an honor or a badge of honor, I thought it was a sad day for the people of Russia Ah, that uh, the the leader of their country would ban someone and still say that he had democratic principles. Um, I was proud of the work I was doing and, and the statements I made, and I don't apologize for any of them. Uh, and it, it, to me, it was a sad day that we had come to the impasse that they felt that anything I had done was threatening. And mm-hmm. it's the administration. Mm-hmm. So I take pride in supporting the principles that I think Canadians believe in, that the UN Declaration believes in, but unfortunately did not resonate with the leaders in uh, Russia. So it, it, I, but I continue to uh, maintain 
that uh, we have to continue to be vigilant Mm -hmm. and address any violations and speak up for what we believe is right. Mm -hmm. And what were some of the awards that... Oh, my goodness. I uh, Yaroslav the Wise. Uh, from Ukraine. From Ukraine. Um, the first woman, I understand, uh, to receive that uh, award. Uh, and I have, I have not... I'm very grateful when I get the awards, and I'm very touched. But I don't dwell on them. Um, to me, the pride is if I have changed an opinion, an attitude... Uh, I very much believe in sort of the changing one mind at a time. Um, I'm proudest of getting emails, letters, and people coming up to me and saying, Mm -hmm. I changed their life Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the better. Mm -hmm. Something I said in a speech, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. something I stood up for changed their lives. Mm -hmm. And um, that's been the greatest reward. The medals are kind of a nice... Yes, feeling. and they, after all, you know, just emphasize how important mm-hmm. what you did was. Individuals notice what I've done, and if there's a collective of individuals, mm-hmm. then perhaps my time was uh, well spent. Yeah. Well, thank you, Honorable Rainel Andrechuk, for all your wonderful work. And now, what will you be doing post-Senate? I'm in a panic. <laughs> I I don't know, but I know that um, uh, I he- I've read recently, and I very much believe in this. I haven't retired; I'm retiring to something, but I'm not quite sure what that is mm-hmm. yet. I'm still cleaning up files and and organizations I've worked with. Um, I'm looking for a new challenge, and um, I'm not sure what it'll be, but I know that. Um, there's so many things left to be done, and I hope there's a place for me. For sure. Thank you, Renel Andrejczyk, and all the best. Many thanks again to Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa. Mene matine puskaye na And an East European vocal group from the East Coast of the United States called Svitanya and a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Navulitsi, on the sidewalk. A violin plays. Tsyuhodenu bulazvame pavlina. Nahaduyu vesukhite radio pratamu nash holos radio nashaho korinya. Salashaitis is name nestupnu hodenu. Dali perediu mikrofonu uksani. Zaprashiu posukhite troche pro historiu itredeci roz povistoksana. Ala peritem yokotu salashatavasti kimislavame mudroste. Same sebepis nai druhomu dohane nedavai. And our proverb of the week translates as, Know yourself and do not blame others. 
And that brings us to the end of the first hour of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Please stay with us as Oksana takes over the microphone to host the next hour. Meanwhile, please join me here again next Wednesday from 11 a.m. till 12 noon. And until then, do stay in touch with both Oksana and me via our Facebook page and Twitter. In between podcasts, you can visit us online where you'll find transcripts and archived audio files, a link to the Nash Holos podcast and information about the show and and that is www.nasholos.com. So stay tuned next for the Nasholos Ukrainian Hour with Oksana, followed by Wellness Wednesday to learn how to be healthy naturally. I'm Pavlina. Thanks so much for listening. Do zusrichi. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.